0: We were gathered here to figure out how do we do account-based at scale? How do we do things differently? How do we move from traditional demand gen?
1: You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, and in these episodes, we focus on one of two things— We'll either be sharing one of our favorite and most actionable talks from a Flip My Funnel event, or you'll hear Sangram and someone from the Terminus team discuss how they're getting better in a specific functional area of Terminus's business. And remember, like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go.
0: Zangram here. I'm super excited for this series for next 10 Thursdays, guys. Next 10 Thursdays, you're going to hear the sessions that were played in Arizona at the B2B MX conference. And the reason is we're going to have a similar set of speakers and have all the great experiences that you're about to get a taste of for the next 10 Thursdays in Boston on August 11th and August 12th. We are joining hands with b and Petowitz Group and Terminus and Flip My Funnel. All of us are coming together and doing this big industry conference where marketing, sales are coming together as one team and going to talk about phenomenal results that you and your organization can get. So... I hope to see you in Boston on August 11th and 12th, and here's a sneak peek of the type of sessions you can expect at this conference. So here you go. Thank you, Mark. Yes, I have a nice fancy title, but all it really means is I get to travel the world and evangelize account base uh, internally at Oracle. I also am responsible for marketing, enablement, and training around account base, And I'm here to talk about our journey, our journey on how we roll out account base uh, using people, process, data, and technology. But before I do, I want to talk about the journey of Vivek Ranadeve. Vivek was born in India in 1957. As a young boy, he loved two things. He loved soccer and he loved cricket. When he got older, He wanted to come to the U.S. and study abroad, which is what he did. So he earned his undergraduate degrees at MIT, and then he earned his MBA at Harvard. He came to California, where he started not one, but two software companies. But being a very busy Silicon Valley tech exec, he realized he wasn't spending enough time with his daughter. So he decided to volunteer and coach his middle school daughter's basketball team. (laughs) Vivek realized, though, that he was in a world of trouble when he saw the team that he inherited because the group of girls he got weren't particularly tall, they couldn't dribble, and they couldn't shoot. So he knew his team was going to lose a ton of basketball games if he played the game the traditional way. So he had to think of a different strategy, take an unconventional approach to playing basketball. And as an outsider, he observed a couple of things. One, the basketball court is about 100 feet long, but that once a team scored a basket, they would immediately retreat to their end of the basket to defend, leaving two-thirds of the basketball court undefended. He thought that was odd. (laughs) So he figured, I'm going to challenge the notion of the traditional rules of basketball. I'm going to teach my girls to play full court press throughout the entire game. Now, some of you guys may know what full court press means. It means you're defending the inbound pass and defending every pass throughout the whole game, aggressively, which is really, really difficult to do. It's difficult to do in um, spurts. It's even more difficult to do it the entire game. You have to be in tip-top condition. But Vivek, being a fan of soccer, knew that you had to do a lot of running in soccer. And so that's what he convinced his girls to do. He told them what his strategy was, Convinced them that this was the right approach for the team. And he got everyone to buy in on it. So during practices, he wouldn't practice on shooting or dribbling. He would force the girls to do a lot of running. And that's what they did. They ran. And they ran some more. And they did some more running. The first couple games of the regular season were a little rough but he knew the strategy was working because he was beating teams that were much more physically talented and superior than his team. He was up by halftime with these incredible leads, like 20 to nothing, 30 to nothing. He also knew the strategy was working because these Bobby Knight moments were happening to him. (laughs) One coach was so pissed off he literally grabbed a chair and flung it in the middle of the basketball court because he knew his team was physically superior and better, but he was losing to Vivek's team. Another coach approached Vivek in a parking lot after one of the game and challenged him to a fist fight because he didn't think Vivek was teaching his girls proper basketball. But Vivek maintained his course. He maintained the strategy. And he kept winning games along the way. He kept winning and winning and winning. And he took his girls' basketball team all the way to the national championship game. He was known as the game changer. So what does this have to do with account base? Well, this is the story, the exact same story that I told at our first account base summit at Oracle on September 28th. Two years ago, there's a cross-functional meeting with product marketing, the Oracle Marketing Cloud, the BI team, the marketing operations team, the list goes on. And we were gathered here to figure out how do we do account-based at scale? How do we do things differently? How do we move from traditional demand gen? Because we had a number of challenges at Oracle. (laughs) Big challenges. First is, we're big and complex. We've got $40 billion in revenue, a lot of partners, 140,000 employees around the world. We're very acquisitive. We keep buying companies. 130 and counting. We have a lot of customers, 430,000 customers around the world. And we have a lot of products. Globally, we have about 1,500 marketers. Those 1,500 marketers feed 74,000 sales reps around the world. But sales' perception of marketing was this, that we were the people with the pens and the tchotchkes and the swag. Marketing was also the ones with the bank accounts who can fund all the golf outings. Meanwhile, our demand waterfall was broken. Only 2% of our MQLs were converting, converting to sales accepted opportunities. We knew we could do better. Like large enterprises, Oracle's no different. We operate in silos. So product marketing was off doing their own thing with sales plays. Field marketing was building their own campaigns. Sales was running their own programs and we were pivoting to the cloud. The problem was key customers still thought of Oracle as a database vendor, not as a strategic cloud partner. But it's okay. We knew, like Vivek, we could play to our strengths. We could mask our weaknesses, and accentuate our strengths. And we were well-positioned for account base. We had strong annual contract value and lifetime value metrics. We had a huge installed base, as you just saw. We we're very strong in the enterprise. We have organizational scale. We have strong executive relationships with our customers. We have a strong Oracle brand. Everyone knows Larry. EMEA was doing some great things already in account base. And we had tons and tons of data. So those were our strengths. And like any transformation, it's always about people, process, and technology. And this is no different. So let's talk about the people first. <laughs> account base, as you guys know, is a very hot topic in the B2B space. And at Oracle... It was no different. We had lots of marketers raising their hands around the world, expressing interest in doing account base. But they had different myths about account base that we had to dispel. The first myth was that account base is only for key accounts. It's only for one-to-one marketing, the big elephants. And with data processing technology that we have today, that just isn't true anymore. We can scale and ladder down all the way down the pyramid. It's really for all accounts, big and small. The other myth is that account-based is a tactic or an event. We had to dispel that myth. It's actually a different go-to-market strategy. And then lastly, people refer to it as account-based marketing or ABL. At Oracle, we believe words matter. And if we call it account-based marketing or ABM, sales will just think that's just another campaign of the month. So at Oracle, we just call it account-based because it's all in. We're all in this together. (laughs) So I talked about the 1,500 marketers globally that we have at Oracle. We don't want 1,500 different Account based strategies. We want one, and this is our account based framework. And it's based on four really simple and easy to understand pillars. The first one is targeting how do we select and prioritize the right accounts using data driven processes? Two, how do we personalize our content and experiences based on insights that we glean from the customer? Number three, how do we orchestrate all of our touch points with sales so that the left hand knows what the right hand is doing? And then finally, how do we measure ourselves differently? Because if we use traditional demand gen metric on account base, our numbers will look worse, not better. So we have to figure out how do we measure ourselves? We need a new yardstick. So as the head of modern marketing enablement and training we put on a series of workshops which we conduct around the world upon request. We also have our own internal webcasts which we call Sherpa sessions which we talk about uh, account based topics like how do we select accounts? How do we use predictive intelligence? How do we measure ourselves? We have office hours that we hold on a monthly basis with subject matter experts internally and externally. And then finally, we have an online digital playbook that marketers can refer to as a resource guide. Processes. Well, everyone's familiar with the pyramid, right? Well, the A tier is really where account base is the most intense, and that's where I want to start off our conversation with processes. One of the accounts that I talked about that still thinks of Oracle as a database vendor is a company called ANZ Bank. They're a very large retail bank in Australia. So we invested in these dossiers around the executives at ANZ Bank. So this is Shane Elliott. So we know a lot about Shane. One of the things we know is he's a golfer. He likes to run. He likes to cook Italian food. We know what his favorite team is. We also know that security is top of mind for him because he tweeted about it recently. This is Michelle. She's the CFO. She likes to walk to work, and you don't want to mess with her. (laughs) So, what do we say to these people now that we have these dossiers? Well, one of the things that we understand about account base is sometimes... you you need to use account base to change the perceptions of your brand. So first, we need to reposition Oracle as a strategic partner to have these type of conversations. So one of the first things we needed to do was identify what are the macroeconomic trends that are happening today that are disrupting industries around the world. So if you're in the automotive industry, it's driverless cars. If If you're in the communications industry, it's 5G networks. Maybe it's the gig economy. For retail banks, it's digital transformation. And that's what's definitely true with ANZ Bank. With digital transformation, that's a conversation that's happening on the C-level and the board level. But guess what? It trickles down to every single department as well. Because if you're in IT, you need to think about security. You need to think about a cloud layer that's secure. You need to think about IOT, chatbots. If you're in the finance department, you're thinking about new financial models and financial systems. If you're in HR, you're thinking about how do I recruit and retain a new kind of talent? And then if you're in sales and marketing, you have to think about the digital experience. How do people bank using their mobile devices or their tablets? (laughs) So this is some of the content that we would create for ANZ Bank. Shane Elliott, who you met a few slides ago, he talks about digital transformation. He talks about sparking the imagination of his customers. So we took that to heart. So every piece of content has sparks and fireworks on it. And we titled this campaign Bank Imagination. So I should point out, that because of this work, we are now invited to have these strategic conversations now with the C-suite around the digital transformation initiative. And now we have $100 million opportunity on the table. That's multi-solution, cross-pillar. But what about the other layers, the B and C layers, the one-to-few, one-to-many? We know we can't do that kind of work. A hyper-personalization for every account. But we can segment and co So we have a site called Oracle Persona Central, where we have over 100 personas across executives, line of business, IT, and certain select industries that we're focused on. And based on that, we're going to be building out a new site called Account-Based Central, which will have positioning frameworks Messaging frameworks around roles and personas will have outward-facing presentations and battle cards because banks like ANZ Bank are facing uh, similar issues like digital transformation. Well, those are issues that are similar in other regions. So why do we need to reinvent the wheel in those countries and regions? We can anonymize the content, genericize it, elevate it, repackage it so that other countries and regions can build off of that. So that's how we plan on doing account-based at scale from a content perspective. How about the technology? Well, the first thing you guys have to know is that, according to Forrester, account-based and predictive are on the rise still, and they go hand-in-hand hand like peanut butter and jelly. This is our tech staff there's two takeaways that you need to understand. One is, A, we drink our own champagne. Two, we have a data lake. It's called CXD. And it runs our own hardware and in our own data center. And what sits on top of it is the Oracle Marketing Cloud. We also partner with a lot of vendors, which you see on the right-hand side. Some of them for account-based, some of them for data quality, some of them for other reasons. But we work with plenty of other vendors that are uh, not in our tech stack. <laughs> At the heart of it, though, is this data lake called CXD. And CXD is, consists of three layers of data. We first built CXD using traditional types of contacts in account information, so demographic information, thermographic information. So that was phase one. Phase two was layering in the digital body language, right? the engagement data, But phase three is taking to the next generation level, and that's really about predictive. (laughs) At the heart of that is this predictive intelligence framework. Not all predictive data is created equal. So we think of it in three dimensions, fit, intent, and engagement. Fit is all about lookalike modeling, identifying customers who own product X who are more likely to, own, to buy product Y. So that's based on first-party data. So we have a team of data scientists that have built models for every product and solution. We also partner with Mintigo and EverString for third-party marketing indicators. On the intent side, we work with a number of vendors, but mainly Bombora for intent to identify who's in market. Who's searching for certain products and solutions or categories? And the third and final one is engagement. So we have our own algorithm that identifies interests on on Oracle properties. So who's coming to Oracle.com? Who's downloading uh, what content? And we map the content topics to the contact so that we know who's downloading the white papers, who's doing the demos and trials, who's coming to our events. And eating our food, so we would take those accounts and score them either an A, B, or C. And now we want to democratize that predictive intelligence because those fifteen hundred markers, we don't want them to be data scientists. We want them to be marketers. So. We use a product called Indeca, which is a company we purchased a few years ago. And Indeca sits on top of CXD and allows marketers the ability to search and upload a list of accounts. And we map those accounts to the predictive intelligence score. So they get back the accounts that are either A1s, A2s, A3s, etc., B1s, B2s, B3s. So they can tier and select their accounts across all those Different models. And typically, if you're scoring on all three intent, fit, and engagement, you're probably going to get an A, right? If you're getting two to the three, you're going to get a B. And if you're only scoring on one, you're probably going to get a C. But this allows us to scale around the world because you don't need to be a data scientist to figure out if your accounts are an A, B, or C. <laughs> And predictive intelligence is delivering significantly higher value and win rates across all solutions, as you can see here. PI, so far, is delivering real results as well. 635 million open opportunities so far to date, and 103 million in close. And that number continues to grow. So, what have we learned? First, don't let perfection be the enemy of good, right? Whether you're doing account base, which is the Holy Grail, right, where you're completely aligned with sales and your customer success teams, or you're doing ABM, right, which is just marketing doing it. I'd encourage you guys to at least start because even if you're doing ABM, you're going to learn a lot and you'll be able to tweak and adapt and change things. And hopefully you'll get to the other side and are doing truly account-based strategy. It's Sometimes it takes a while for a team to gel, right? Sometimes there's misalignment with sales. Sometimes the communications plan is shoddy. Sometimes the execution isn't good, right? But whatever the reason, right, give it time Give it time to gel. Plan for a restart because invariably you're going to need to restart or reboot. You're never going to get it perfect right out the gates, right? We've made our fair share of mistakes. But the key is to learn from those mistakes and continue to iterate. (laughs) And just remember, good teams never give up. Account base is a team sport. Right? Just lots of moving parts, lots of players. So Sometimes you need to reboot it, call it something else, rebuild that trust, but be honest. Be honest about what worked and what didn't, but never give up. So our story is still being written. right? We're not here to say that we've got it all figured out. In fact, anyone who says that they do have it figured out, they're lying. All right? So... Okay. Account base is still fairly new. I think we're still in preseason. I do encourage you, though, to stay after this presentation because we have another presentation called A Tale of Two Campaigns where we will break down two campaigns that we ran with our partner, Corey. And they will give you insights as to the anatomy of two very different campaigns that were related, and how we learn and shifted and adapted to make them better. So I strongly recommend you guys stay here in the room for the next session. So back to our friend Vivek. Vivek, the boy who didn't even understand the game of basketball growing up, eventually became the owner of the Sacramento Kings, a professional NBA basketball team. All right. Again, the story of Vivek is profound in that he took an unconventional approach. He took an approach where he hid his team's weaknesses and accentuated their strengths. And that's really my takeaway for you guys is take a different approach. Because traditional demand gen, as we've seen, has its pitfalls, right? But account base, we believe, is the future B2B marketing but you may not always get it out of the box correctly. So don't give up. Vivek didn't give up. So that's my story. Thank you very much.
1: You know, I have to say that's probably one of the best case studies I've heard in a long time. Thank you very much. That was really great. And I like this, this story, the personal stuff that you brought through on it as well. Congratulations. Congrats. Thank you. So, if we have any questions, um, great. I'll, I have a microphone, so I'm armed and ready to come over there. And I think.
0: What's uh, uh, awesome. the what major focus let's talk about? Strategy, technology, technology. Yeah. That what, how that translates into work. That's a great question. Thank you for asking. So, I work in corporate marketing. So, my role is global, right? So, I work across borders, across products, across solutions. My team is small, but I work and partner very closely with the marketing operations team. So in terms of evaluating technologies for account base, I'm an influencer. I'm a key influencer in that. But my team is actually only two people.
1: So myself and Catherine, who's sitting here in the front row.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. That's you've got, you've accomplished a lot. That's amazing. Anybody else? <laughs> So I'll, I have one here. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, here I'll help you.
0: I was just going to ask, um, has the uh, integration of your account based uh, affected the ratio of your other demand gen activities? Have you dialed up in one area and then now dialed back yeah. in demand gen because of the success or? results? That's a good good question. Because Oracle is very large and also very decentralized, we're still doing traditional demand gen. And my advice for you guys is if you have a a traditional demand gen program that is working, keep it up. Because what you'll probably want to do is pilot account base if you haven't already started one, right? And you're going to have two funnels running in parallel, right? You're going to have your traditional demand gen, which is their status quo. Keep the lights on as you pilot account base, And so you have two sets of books, but that's okay, right? And that's normal. But for us, uh, we're still doing uh, plenty of traditional demand gen. Account base uh, still represents a very small part of what we're doing. But because they're pilots, we're still proving it out. We're finding that it can be successful if done right, if we're following the, the framework.
1: On that, on that topic, one of the things I oftentimes say is, as marketers, we can control how we deliver messages, but we can't control how people respond. So when you have the two funnels, do you have any connective tissue that goes between, you know, leads, let's say, you know, for the same target accounts that you're going after mm-hmm. a key individual comes through inbound. Yeah. Um, you know, are they subject to the typical bant processing at that point or is there a connective tissue that pulls them across? Yeah, that's a great question.
0: It's a little complex because of lead flow. And so we're starting to, redefine and tweak our lead flow so that leads that come in via inbound channels that may be not part of our account-based program still get funneled to the same rep. So we have lead history assignment rules where if someone has owned a lead for uh, XYZ account in the last 30 days, say, that lead gets flown to the same uh, rep so that they're still having the same conversation, not a totally different rep.
1: But the handoff occurs the same as any other lead coming in. So there's yeah. no prioritization. Yeah. the Okay.
0: Yeah. Problem with account based today, as you probably know, Mark, is the systems and processes still aren't mature enough to fully support a Salesforce CRM system. They're still contact based. And so we still. You know, MQLs is a form of engagement, but they're not the end-all or be-all in account base anymore, right? So MQLs still count and matter. We should still flow those and treat them. But now we look at it from more of an
1: account-based lens. Fantastic. And then to consider the global scale on the multiple lines of business, I mean, it's a probably a nest of different wires connecting things. that's a a hard one.
0: Yeah. And I'm not saying that every BU and industry Um, and solution team is doing account-based. I'd be lying, right? Because we're so big. But we're finding pilots and people who are willing participants to try to do account-based. And that's why we here at corporate can apply the proper resources, the funding, the agency support to make sure that they do
1: account-based right. Fantastic. Any other hands out there? Okay. We have about five minutes left here. You're mentioning other teams at Oracle that might work with account-based. Has your customer success department done anything with account-based or talked about it?
0: That's a great question. Uh, Not yet, but we're going to start to look at them, yeah, because we have to start looking at how do we support CSMs. Uh, using our own systems and processes and data, right? Because a lot of it's been focused on the buy side, and now we have to give some love to the own side. And so obviously it's a different internal client, CSM instead of sales. And sometimes they don't live in CRM, so their systems and processes are different. And how do we suck in the right data from a usage, utilization standpoint of our own products and services into our data lake so we can do the proper modeling? That also funnels and determines you know, uh, onboarding, utilization, adoption. Uh, value realization, right? All that stuff. So there's some plumbing and data that needs to work. It's the same process. It's still data at the end of the day.
2: Hi. Oh, sorry. It's been a while since I've been in front of my microphone. Um, so Oracle has, is a huge company, obviously with a lot of resources. So your implementation is different than a smaller company's implementation would be. And so what, would you, what advice would you give to a smaller company taking on account-based yeah. and of all of the tools in the stack of ABM tech that you're using or account-based tool tech that you're using, which do you think you would recommend to a company that didn't have as big of a budget?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. So don't let the slides fool you, right? So I show you the tech stack just to show you what our tech stack is. We obviously drink our own champagne and we're kind of proud of it, but that doesn't mean that a smaller company needs to buy everything we buy, right? And also the pilots that we run are small pilots. So I mentioned uh, 1,500 marketers globally. Well, I don't work with 1,500 actual marketers. I work with a small team of marketers, um, two of which you'll see if you stay for the next session, right? So I find the, the partners who are willing to try it, and I work with them. So it's actually working with small team, kind of like a small company, now, from a tech, next, tech stack um, standpoint, um, there's going to be some foundational pieces that you'll probably need. Marketing automation being one of them, CRM being the other, no duh, right? Um, you probably want to start to look at some kind of ad-serving technology. So, for us, we use BlueKai, right? But you don't have to. There's plenty of other uh, options out there. Uh, Direct mail is working really well for us. And again, if you stay for the next session, you'll see how direct mail old school is becoming new school, right? So I would recommend you at least looking at that as a tactic. It doesn't even need to be part of your tech stack. As you saw on my slide, it's not currently, right? But that doesn't mean you can't do direct mail and do it effectively. So, um, yeah, I think those are some of the key ones I would consider.
2: So I realize you said you're in
0: pilot mode right now.
2: Have there been any discussions of trying to utilize
0: some of this for your channel organization? Uh, That's a good question. Yeah, I haven't had any conversations with the channel yet, but I do expect those to come, right? Because right now we're still focused on the buy side with our own direct sales force, but I suspect that the channel will be interested, yeah because account basis is a bigger thing, right? And so when I evangelize account base, I evangelize to everyone. I evangelize to sales. I evangelize to product marketing. I just haven't gotten to the channel yet.
1: (laughs) I don't know if you guys have started that conversation yet either with your channel. You know, I think we have to wrap up now, but I wanted everybody to give another round of applause. Let's give it up for Kelvin. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast.